The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hi, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn is out today, uh, and I think Stu and Jason are both in agreement that the top story of the day has now changed into the latest with the Kavanaugh circus. Uh, yes, uh, there's a Supreme Court justice that's been accused of a crime. And I don't know if anyone's <laughs> been following this story, but we can get into that today. Oh, wow. Breaking news. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's coming right <laughs> Oh, good. I can't wait. Uh, before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Mm. Uh, I've said it a million times. I used to be fat. I, I think Glenn, one time on the show, referred to me as former fat chick. Which I, Very respectful. I'm not actually going to put on my resume or no? anything as my title, but I was, in fact, a former fat chick. And so I know the struggles of uh, losing weight and keeping the weight off. Ridiazone has really, really helped me with uh, controlling my cravings and um, not going to Taco Bell all the time like Stu. I have, well, look, Ridiazone, I think, and Taco Bell have a, a symbiotic relationship in my mind. Um, oh, really? But yes, but uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, the only time I, ever, I don't want to eat um, normally is when, like after I just ate like three pounds of Taco Bell. Like that feeling you have at that point where you're like, <laughs> I just can't eat another bite. Oh my God. <laughs> like if you could just capture and bottle that, like that that's, would be the ultimate thing. That's and that's kind of what Ridge's Zone did, yeah, right? Like, yeah. they, like instead of that moment where you really feel like, oh, I just want to grab something, you have, you have Ridge's Zone and it, it just takes that craving back a couple notches and, and you're able to get kind of past it. Yes. That's a big deal. Yeah. I had chicken, a little chicken thigh and a small side of collard greens and I had Riddies on beforehand and I'm like super stuffed. Like I, I have that feeling right now. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So if you're looking to uh, lose some weight or just some help maintaining, go to Ridiazone.com, get 30% off of a three month supply, which actually totals out to, I think it's like $1.39 a day, which is nothing if you want to invest in your health. So that's Ridiazone.com, promo code TheBlaze. All right, so we've got a lot to get into with Kavanaugh because I know there are a lot of moving parts to this today. Um, Stu, I'm going to let you start on it first. All right, let's start with uh, something that actually Glenn and I talked about on radio today. Um, there was a there was a uh, clip about Donald Trump, and he was mocking um, uh, the accuser or the uh, the victim, is what the, the the headline said. And you know, like the mocking, you know, I mean, he was having fun with it. Um, it's obviously, I don't think it was a good idea for him to be talking about it, just because, like, why? It, like, we're we have the FBI investigation. Don't insert yourself into the middle of it. Just stay out of it for a couple of days. He's been so good at staying out of this for the most part. Which, by the way, mm -hmm. you guys said you didn't think that it was mocking. I, I mean. Because I thought it was mocking. Uh, I, I mean, I mean I, he, he didn't say anything. He didn't like, hey, this this you know this stupid woman with you know, like he he just laid it out. Look, she for, she doesn't have any of the facts. She doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know where it happened. I would have preferred that he had said it in that way instead of pretending to be her. Yeah, and I mean, that's where the mocking part came in for me was the whole. Yeah, I, mean, I don't uh, remember this. I don't remember that. To me, that was but, mocking, and I would have been fine if he would have just said. She said she didn't remember this, but she remembers that. She said right. this, and well, that would have been to me just laying out the facts. I would have been. I would say, A, I that. would rather have him to say nothing about right. it. That would be ideal. That's not. Um, that's not apparently not an option. Um, Politically, yes, but I will just say, and I'll probably take heat for this, but this is very mockable. It is. I, I mean, mean the whole thing, is the whole thing is ridiculous and mockable. So, um, I, I mean, I, I didn't think it was that bad. But it, I, it would be great for us to be doing it 
right? I, I wish the president of the United States was not doing it, but look, we're way past that. I don't know why I even bring these points so, up. My, I guess what I would say is that headline, though, the mocking thing, I'm kind of, I could go, I'm fine with you well, saying that. Like, I'm not, I don't have a big problem with calling it mocking. Before, you, before, you, mm-hmm. before we go any further, though, I actually I, I have an, a question for both of you. So you guys said it's very mockable at this point. Do you still believe that she th- believes that something happened? I never believed her. So I don't believe don't, it. I don't believe it don't, at all. You just like, think gun to my head, I think she's just making it up. What about you? Because I know earlier, I mean, after the testimony, we all, you were not here. No. We all sat at the table and said, I believe that something ha- truly happened to her that night that she really does feel oh, like no. it's Kavanaugh, but it was not Kavanaugh. Well, that night, what night is that? Because she has no, right. she doesn't even know what night <laughs> right. that is. But I, th- I think that something might have happened to her. I, 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 be- I believe that something might have happened to her in the past. I, I, I think that's, that she, I misspoke. I should have said, I think that she, we all said, she had something that happened to her. Yeah, but 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 I th- I think during she, that time frame that she's misremembering. Maybe not even during that time frame. Maybe not. I, I don't think she's confused in the slightest. I, I don't. I think that something might have happened to her at some point that she she because she seemed, did seem convincing convincing to me. So I think that something might have happened to her and she drew on that. But I think the beach friends. Mm-hmm. Bullied her into doing this. Okay, I just wanted I just wanted to clear that up before we. Yeah, move. And, and again, like it sounds, um, you know, someone being believable talking about a memory in their life is not something that is always accurate. Um, you know, we, we, we Brian Williams was on TV talking passionately about how he was shot in a helicopter. Uh, you know, his helicopter was shot down. Listen to those Mad- Malcolm Gladwell uh, that series of podcasts that he did last year about memory. Um, you know, we we talked about this a little bit when those when we were listening to them a few uh, I guess it was a few weeks ago. Um, people will go uh, a- after these big where were you events. They the scientists you know love those things because they get to go study these uh, study these moments. And of course, obviously, you hate tragedies like you know nine eleven, right? But everyone remembers where they were on nine eleven. Well, they go right after 9-11, and they go up to people, and they say, hey, um, wh- wh- where were you on 9-11? Can you write it down for us? So they write it down. They write a little one page about, I was uh, you know, in, in the backyard, and I heard, I heard the, the, someone scream. I came inside. I looked at the TV. I saw it. They were done detailed memories. You know, one or two days after 9-11, when you know it's fresh in their mind, they go back to them five years later, and they say, hey, where were you on 9-11? Don't look at your paper, right? And 60% of the memories that they come up with are wrong. And the craziest part about it is when they look at the paper that they wrote, they say, I don't know what I was thinking. That didn't happen. That's not right. (laughs) They actually disagree with themselves. Memory can screw with you in big ways. You know, we look at this, we think of this as like some digital reproduction of what we think up here is a digital reproduction of, of events. A lot of times it's not. There was a huge scandal in the 90s about repressed memory therapy. And people were, doctors were going to people and saying, keep thinking about this. And they would push people into remembering events that didn't happen. And now that entire therapy has been completely debunked and is no longer scientific consensus, yeah. which I, we've always told is never, never changes. I, I don't, well, I didn't mean to, I didn't want to derail the conversation no, well, too much. But I, I, I understand, but I, I, I want to make sure, like, I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to be dismissive of someone yeah. um, who brings something like this up. It should always be treated. Which is why I wanted to. Yes, and I, and I appreciate sure that. I'm glad you let me clarify. <laughs> um, you know, it's something that is, uh, it should be taken seriously every single time, um, and you should look at it. But, like, the, the burden here, is always uh, on the person who is making the accusation. Right. If, if you, you do not have a burden of proof to prove that you did not do something some point between 1982 and 1985 at some place within a 20-mile radius. 
this is not, it's impossible to prove this negative for him. Um, and when, if you're going to come up with something, like the Keith Ellison situation, if, you, if something recent has happened, you can go to, uh, you can go with evidence to the po- police and you can sort that out and there's a certain way of looking at that. When you're coming out of nowhere, 40 years later, with a high-profile political, massive political development on the line, when there's clear motivation for someone to derail this in a big way, with only, only delaying it a few weeks gets the job done, you have to come at that with skepticism. You have to. I mean, and I would do the same thing, by the way, with Keith Ellison. We talked about this the other day. Like, Keith Ellison deserves, that accusation against him deserves to be treated with heavy skepticism because of the timing of it uh, and, the, and, the, and the, the role that he has. And everybody deserves that. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today in that, you know, the uh, Trump mocks person, uh, Trump mocks victim at rally was, I think, the headline. Mocks, I think you can disagree with. And I I didn't think it was super heavy. I can understand where you're going on that. The problem I have with that is victim. Victim, if she is a victim, Kavanaugh is guilty. In the headline, they are telling you that what they've already decided on this case and she's a victim. You are not a victim to the rest of society unless something has been proven to be true. You are an accuser. And the burden is on you to try to figure out uh, if you can get to that level of proof to convince people. And I keep hearing this argument over and over again about uh, people saying, hey, look, you know, look, this isn't a legal proceeding. It's not uh, innocent until proven guilty. It's ridiculous. Well, you know what? You're right. It's not a legal proceeding, right? Okay, well, what about preponderance of evidence in a civil trial? Well, it's not a civil trial. It's not. This is just, I don't know, maybe you think, is there any chance that it was true? We have those standards legally for a reason. We do. <laughs> and when they are not present, which is true, we're, none of us are making this on a legal basis. We're right. looking at this and trying to judge. When you remove innocent until proven guilty, it's up to us to come up with a standard that we think is acceptable in this situation. Because there's no law. That sets that up. I don't think it's at all irrational to say, you know what, even though it's not the legal standard, I'm going to accept that legal standard because I think it's a good place to go. Mm-hmm. You could even say, hey, the standard I want this time is it seems pretty convincing, right? Like maybe that's your standard. You have to decide what that standard is. And the only way that you can get to a standard in which you think Brett Kavanaugh should lose this gig is, is there any possibility that he, was, that he did this? You can get yourself to a point. Uh, someone, uh, yeah, I was going back and forth with some leftist on the Internet, and they said, well, look, it's, uh, can you 100% guarantee that he did not do this? That is not the standard no. here. Of course I can't 100% guarantee. I, don't, I can't 100% guarantee that Brett Kavanaugh is a real person and isn't CGI. I've never seen him in real life. <laughs> I can't 100% guarantee it. No, but that's the exact reverse of the standard that we're supposed to have in the United States of America. And these are not legal standards. This is so stupid. I hate that. It's such a dumb argument. Yeah. It does not matter. It's a like, moral standard, it's a moral, too. Yes. And I've said this before. Like, if your child is in kindergarten and someone accuses your child of pushing another child, well, if no one saw it, it was just an accusation, there's no marks, there's nothing to prove that my child pushed that child down, but my child gets in trouble, I'm raising all kinds of hell. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. And every single person that would make this argument would agree. So these are kindergarten-level standards. You don't just say someone's guilty if they're accused of something. It's ludicrous. Kindergarten-level standards sounds about right for Congress. Right. (laughs) And the word victim does exactly that. It crosses the line from telling the story to deciding on the story. When When a mainstream media publication says the word victim and they're talking about her, there's only one person in the world, maybe two, that could call her a victim. And that would be her and Brett Kavanaugh. Right. If this really did happen to her, she can honestly call herself a victim. 
And if this really, if Brett Kavanaugh really did this, then Brett Kavanaugh could say, yeah, she's a victim in a, in, a, in a quiet moment in the back of his head. But none of us have seen enough evidence to call her a victim. That is deciding the case. And that's not right. I want to make sure that we um, touch on the ex-boyfriend of Dr. Ford gave a sworn statement. Jason. Speaking of evidence, uh, every, all the evidence is lining up on the opposite side that she didn't do this. Now, I don't know that, again, this is more kind of he said, she said, because Ford is, you know, on record, you know, under threat of perjury. Um, I got to uh, tell you, some, someone's committing some perjury. Oh, yeah. I don't know who it this is. This letter is under but... threat of perjury, too. Yes. Yes. So this, there was, yeah. this letter came out. This was from Ford's uh, ex-boyfriend. So I guess he dated her for about six years, yes. I believe. And um, he wrote this. He wrote this letter that just has just did it leak. Yeah, I think it leaked to Fox News. Was this today or yesterday? Yeah, I think today. it went to Grassley, right? To, yeah, yeah, to Grassley, Grassley. right. Um, so there's a few inconsistencies that he's talking about. So there's this one uh, right up at this point. They're talking about the uh, the polygraph test. So he said, I'll just I'll just kind of quote from here. He said that um, it was his understanding that McLean was interviewing for jobs. That's McLean was someone that Doctor Ford was yeah. best friends with. Mm-hmm. And um, was interviewed with jobs with the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office. She's, this, and he said he witnessed Dr. Ford help McLean prepare for a potential polygraph exam. Dr. Ford explained in detail what to expect, how polygraphs worked, and helped McLean become familiar and less nervous about the exam. So this goes directly against what she testified uh, that would uh, mean about. She, she was told specifically, have you, ever, have you ever coached somebody about taking a polygraph test? She very emphatically, no. no. Yeah, and you remember the time at, when that was going on in the hearing. I, I remember all sorts of Republicans being like, why do they keep asking about this polygraph? Why I, do they keep, right? I did too. Yeah, I was just like, like what, that's an odd question why to they, ask. And they kept coming yeah. back to it and back to it. Yeah. They may have known that I this was so. coming at that time. Now, kind of in retrospect, they wanted to get her on the record denying she had any conversations about polygraphs, possibly. I mean, that's just speculation, but it does seem like that because it was yeah. so strange. And they kept yes. coming back, who paid for it? They kept asking the same questions over and over again. Seemed like they were trying to drill down to show that she was not telling the truth. And more of the, and, and more of that, uh, that kind of odd line of questioning. They also questioned her a lot about uh, where she lived, about the claustrophobia. Yeah. Also talked about the uh, uh, fear of flying. And again, this same uh, witness mm-hmm. In this same letter, uh, he commented on that, and I'll just quote again. He said, while visiting Ford in Hawaii, we traveled around the Hawaiian Islands, including one time on a, pro- a propeller plane. Dr. Ford never indicated a fear of flying. So to the best of my recollection, Dr. Ford never expressed a fear of closed quarters, tight spaces, or places with only one exit. So. <laughs> right, which is another thing she said that she was scared of. Right. So those three things, it seems, I think you're exactly right, Stu. It's those three things, they very much, they, they were, it's, it's, it's kind of the reason why, you know, uh, President Trump's lawyers don't want him in a, uh, you know, under oath talking directly to Mueller. Because it's very difficult <laughs> to get out of these things because they know exactly what they want to ask you. Yeah. There's, 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 they're very good in, in what they do. But they, you can tell they already had this statement. They already knew. So they cornered her on this. I tell you what, if, if, that's, if this is true, and I don't know, I don't know how you would prove either way on this because again it's two competing you know uh, statements again but. that I, I i'm with you but that's not their standard no. their standard is somebody writes a letter you believe it right, right? i mean like you know uh, well this is a male this is a male you don't need to believe the male oh, we don't need to believe the males <laughs> right. yes just, that's right just me i know just gender. you just you just believe <laughs> um uh, no but they uh i believe the woman who was named there martha clean clean has come out and denied that she had that conversation with uh with the doctor about this uh, you know, but again, uh, that's all happened on the other side too. Kavanaugh said, she said, "Hey, my friend was there. My best friend was there. She'll remember." And then she's like, "Yeah, no, I don't remember that part at all." <laughs> oh, tough, prove it. Yeah, exactly. You've been accused. I prove know. It. I know. And, and you know, 
there has to be some standard, right? There, and your standard should be higher when you're throwing something 40 years later at somebody who's going for the Supreme Court. Like, yeah. you have to really, because there's obvious motivation. How many times have you heard this argument? Oh, well, what, what would possibly motivate her to come forward if this wasn't real? I don't know. The future of the free world? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, we all act as if this is the biggest thing that has ever happened. The Supreme Court is basically what got Donald Trump um, uh, elected in the first yeah. place. It is a big freaking deal. And, of yeah. course, there are enough activists out there that want to derail something like this. Whether something happened to her or not, I mean, it seems bizarre that something happened to her, but she thinks it's Brett Kavanaugh, but it's not Brett Kavanaugh. That's a weird world to be, man. I'm, I, I, I don't know what exactly happened, but it's, it's highly suspicious, and you can't ruin a guy's life because of it. Mm. All right, back in a minute. Apparently you can. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, if he gets through, though, and he's on the Supreme Court... Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Before we get into uh, everything else, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. I think I'm the only one at this table who has not been able to try it yet. Oh, no, I haven't tried it yet. I'm dying to you try ha- it. Right? Okay, yeah. so I, I, I've told the story before, but I was gone on vacation, and when I came back, I think was when you guys had done it while I was gone, and I saw the commercial that we ran you with so Jason. I know. So yeah. I saw Jason, and I saw a bunch of other Blaze employees trying it out, and I was just like, it's so much I fun. I missed it. It's so much fun. Our entire family does it. I've incorporated it into just teaching them proper safety. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's so important to do dry firing because yeah, shooting is a perishable skill. You have to dry fire if you're not going to the range all the time. Yeah, and my, my household firearm that I keep is it has a really long pole, which it's like it always throws me off every time I go to the range or yeah. go shooting anywhere. I forget that it the pull is that long. Yeah, and, so. it'll, and that'll get you pulling, you know, from the left yeah. to the right. But the cool thing about Autograph Pro is it basically turns your, your dry firing into a cool video game. So you get the app, you've got the little uh, round that fits into any caliber uh, bullet that whatever, uh, you know, pistol that you have. It has a I've laser got a floor, it. And it's got like a little laser. So the moment you press the uh, press the button, oh, there's the, everyone. the pin hits the, ba- uh, hits the, uh, the, the firing pin, hits the end of it, and it pushes the laser. Yeah. So every, where you aim is where you shoot. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like I said, my kids have tr- tried it. They're actually getting to be better shooters at this point. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I highly, highly recommend you doing this. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep your skills at the level to where, yeah, I mean, if you, the only other way to do this is to go to the range every single day. You're going to spend a fortune yeah, in range fees. You're going to save a lot of money everything. on ammo uh, at, at the bare minimum. So you can go to itargetpro.com and use promo code NEWS for 10% off. That's itargetpro.com. All right, so um, there was that whole big story, huge, huge. bombshell report mm-hmm. about Trump's tax evasion. Huge. We're going to start with this. So, I, so it actually was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a very long, like, Rolling Stone-esque, you know, expose on everything. And it's, it's all about, I can't remember the name of the title. You're saying, like, wait, I like that the, you're saying in a New York Times report, you're like, it's as thorough as the Rolling Stone. Maybe the other way around? That's weird. I know, right? Um, but it's, 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 the, the title is almost just as long as the, as the actual article is, but I can't remember what it was, but it's something about how, how the, uh, the Trump family had, you know, uh, through tax evasion or like th- through, th- through manipulation yeah. of ta- tax laws and stuff, were able to amass you know a lot of wealth. Well, they kind of call out Trump and his siblings uh, directly on this. But 
actually, before I get to that, it actually, did you, because you, you read it, right, mm -hmm. Stu? Yeah. The, the, the beginning of it where they talked about the history of, was it Fred Trump, mm -hmm. his father? Mm -hmm. I thought was crazy interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's the thing, I think, the typical response from someone on the right is to say another hit piece from the New York Times. Yeah. It is important to note that this is incredibly detailed. They did a lot of work. If God, if they would have spent one-tenth the effort in the entire Obama administration um, <laughs> that they did on this piece, because it is, I mean, they've, they uncovered hundreds of thousands of documents. They interviewed a ton of people who actually worked at companies who did business with the Trump uh, empire through that time, people who worked for Trump at that time. Um, it was incredibly detailed. It's not just nothing. Um, but, you know, it didn't give me anything I was surprised about. You know, um, it was all about how a really wealthy family who wanted to, re, you know, uh, give their money and hand it down without paying 55 percent death tax, uh, how they did that. And most of the time they did it pretty much OK. A lot of times they kind of pushed the boundaries of what was OK. A couple of times they crossed the line and got caught. But, I mean, that was the, 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 the gist of the story. So President Trump is, is, is a man that has admitted to being let's just say, clever with uh, tax laws. He uses the laws to his advantage. He if, says that if himself. If someone says that they don't do that, they're lying. That's, I, I feel uh, everyone yeah. is going to try as much as they can to not pay yeah. If you hire an accountant, more you hope that taxes. they don't make right. you pay more than you're supposed to, right? You right. want to pay the, little, the least amount of possible. But in saying that, none of this was a surprise. No. But so, so if you're not, and, and again, you're not even really opening, there's, there's statute of limitations as passed on this, mm -hmm. so there's nothing like legally they can do unless there's like a, some kind of civil suit yeah, on no. maybe they talked about how some of the properties were shorted, so maybe the previous owners of these places could could sue. Could sue. Yeah. I mean, New possibly. York said they were going to look at it and, and investigate whether there was anything they can do. But that, but that, but that's the extent of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, impeach him over this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, a couple things that were interesting about it is, first of all, like, first of all, Fred Trump really hated taxes. Hated them. Really did a lot to avoid it. And welcome you know, to the club. Exactly. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and so do I, right? Like, right. I mean, um, but he really, I mean. I hate him, and I complain about it once a year. He he lived his life to avoid these taxes, um, and you know I understand that. That's what you do when you're when you're wealthy. Um, I also took out of it that Fred Trump was a pretty smart guy and really loved his kids. I mean, yeah. like he really went uh, he went to incredible extent to the point of they were paying Donald Trump a multi hundred thousand dollar salary when he was three years old. <laughs> now again, he claims to be a self made billionaire, and this is really what the attack was about. Exactly. You know, it's about blowing up that narrative. He wasn't, a, but we. We all knew he wasn't a self-made right. billionaire. He, you know, look, I doubt he was doing $300,000 worth of work at a, as a toddler. You know, I mean, like, I don't think that, that you can count that as self-made. Okay, so, so that was my biggest issue with this. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of other stuff. So, like, the, the Grassley letter with Ford's boyfriend, yeah. I, at that time, and I don't know what they've, if they've met, touched it now, but at that point, both the Washington Post and New York Times hadn't touched it. Mm -hmm. So the same day that all this actual, like, Big news real, news. like, journalism-type stuff coming out that, you, that we expect you to be doing on this stuff, it's coming out through leaks. Yeah. So you could have been all over this, but instead, they were uh, concentrating on just getting a gotcha. Yeah. Like, we all knew that he wasn't a self-made billionaire. Yeah. We all knew that he probably got more than just a million-dollar loan from his father. But they just wanted to say, we told you, ha! Yeah, I will I mean, say, that's, just what, that's all what this was about. The amount of effort that went into this report is insane. Insane. I mean, they spent, for, to do what? To, to convince people that Donald Trump wasn't a self-made billionaire. I don't even right. understand it. But uh, the, the idea that they would release it this week is is ridiculous. It's totally buried. It's I mean, even if you're a liberal and you wanted to attack Trump, I don't understand why you do it this week. But it was interesting to see how they did it. Can we have time for like one quick example here? Uh -huh, yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, I'm uh, I'll be Fred Trump. 
my, my, my son here, Donald Trump, and you can be the, uh, the people who sell air conditioners. Okay? <laughs> oh. So uh, Sarah sells air okay. conditioners. So say, hey, Sarah, uh, I would like $100,000 worth of air conditioners. You send me a bill okay. for $100,000 of air conditioners. Mm-hmm. Then what I do, instead of just paying the bill, right? We, our, my son here, Donald Trump, uh, he starts his own company. And uh, his, that company is a maintenance company. So instead, after I've negotiated this $100,000 of air conditioners, you send that bill not to me, Fred Trump, you send it to Donald Trump and Donald Trump's business. Now, Donald takes the $100,000. Spectacular $100, business. It's right. an amazing business. It is amazing business. <laughs> it's, it's got gold lining everywhere. <laughs> so then Donald bills me, Fred, the dad, uh-huh. right, $200,000 for those same air conditioners. So I pay $200,000 back to my son, who pockets the extra 100K, and instead of paying gift tax at 55%, pays income tax at 30%. Mm. And they did this at a massive scale all over the city. They took part, apartment buildings that were worth $900 million and said they were worth $10 million. Yeah. They did all sorts of stuff and pushed That was it. the most damning part. That was that really rough, yeah. That's yeah. uh, creative. But yeah, it's creative. Probably was illegal at times. Yeah. Bottom line is, pass the statute of limitations, it's not a huge surprise. I don't think we learned anything else. And it's like, can you guys go back and look at Barack Obama? You know what? When Cory Booker runs, can you do that much effort <laughs> to take down Cory Booker? God, that would be fascinating if they actually use the resources Well, like he that. is Spartacus. They, yeah. they right, cool- no, I'm, we got to take a break. Oh, sorry. How dare you? Sorry. <laughs> How can you cut off a Spartacus conversation? <laughs> Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Got a lot to uh, get into here in overtime, but first we want to make sure to thank our sponsor, and that is My Patriot Supply. Uh, My Patriot Supply, I still have not tried any of their stuff. Oh, really? My Patriot Supply, if you're listening, can you send me some stuff? Because everyone raves about it. I've heard Glenn rave about it. I've heard Pat rave about it. You're saying it's great, too. It's serious. I'm Pat and Stu. We used to just eat it after the show all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The Pat and Stu era was was an era of great weight gain (laughs) for a reason. But, I mean, seriously, though. It's really good. And you can use it to just munch on, maybe, but that's not what it's intended to be used for. No, I mean, in the look. Case of emergencies. Yeah, I mean, you think about what all the stuff that's going on in the world. I mean, Jason's stories every day are usually the ones that uh, tell us that the world <laughs> is going to end. Uh, you realize, I mean, you know, just North Carolina a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Huge storm. I mean, you know, some of these people were stuck in their houses for you know a long time, including major flooding. So, like, right. even if you had stuff, you might not be able to get to it. This stuff, like, you know, two-week emergency food supply for 75 bucks is, is a no-brainer. It's huge, I mean, yeah. it's going to knock out 90% of all possible things that could go wrong. You can just take care of them in one phone call with yeah. My Patriot Supply. Uh, and you can go to preparewithnews.com. And like Stu said, get that two-week emergency food supply kit for $75. That's a steal. Go now, preparewithnews.com. Uh, so earlier on the show, we talked about... Um, just all the updated Kavanaugh stuff, which is every day. I just feel like we're just getting more and more buried. Yeah, I'm, right, I'm, I'm ready for it to be over. I know. I, I really am. I keep am. thinking it's going to, but it's just like it's more and more silly <laughs> as does. we go along. It does. But um, I wanted to play, uh, if we could, what what happened to Lindsey Graham? He was at the Atlantic Festival, uh, the Atlantic, the the 
journal, I guess I you would say, call that it. That sounds like a terrible weekend. Right? <laughs> I know. The Atlantic, I know. The Atlantic Festival. Festival. Yes. Oh, God, sure it's boring enough to read. Imagine crazy. going to see it live. I'm sure he knew he was walking into the lion's den, but um, he was talking about the whole Kavanaugh situation, and here's what happened. Whether you like it or not, I really don't care. Here's the point. I have seen what happened to these women. In 1998, it came forward. I don't like what the president said last night. I'm the first person to say, I want to hear from Dr. Ford. I thought she was handled respectfully. I thought Kavanaugh was treated like crap. Yeah, well, boo yourself. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> so the most Lindsey Graham comeback ever. It's yeah. like your granddad. Boo yourself. You know, it's like yeah. some granddad would say, yeah. <laughs> take that. Go boo yourself. I, maybe my son has said that before, my six-year-old, but... Um, but I mean, booing him well, it, for that. Look, what, I mean, I think it's completely obvious. I understand that the other side, they you know, they want Kavanaugh to be stopped. They don't care whether he was he was treated respectfully or not. They just want him to not win. And we're all on our little teams. I, I mean, I'm not, and I don't think you guys are. I mean, it's like I I don't look at that uh, this way, but that is the way I think most people do look at it. Lindsey Graham is in an interesting spot. He's been like the hero of this story. Uh, and Lindsey Graham is, you know, I, I've called him many times America's worst senator because, you know, he it's South Carolina. We should have somebody good there, right? Like we shouldn't have to deal with a guy who constantly is going the wrong way on issues. Um, but, uh, you know, it's uh, like he's really had a little moment yes. here. He's, he's, yeah. He had a really strong, um, you know, uh, part of the, of the testimony. And one of the interesting things, if you read the Bob Woodward book, um, the Lindsey Graham part of that is fascinating. Um, he uh, was, remember, a huge opponent of Trump in, in the yes. primary. Um, and once Trump got into office, Graham made a real effort to befriend Donald Trump. And, and they in the book, you know, again, it's the Woodward book, and I think some of it's real and some of it's not. But this seemed to be pretty well backed up, and I haven't heard anybody disagree with it. That, you know, he, he has had Donald Trump's back behind the scenes a lot. Um, he has uh, fought for uh, a lot of the things that Trump has has wanted and tried to, like, bridge those the gap between, you know, the administration and, and the Senate. Um, and they've wind up becoming, like, really close, like a lot of golf, like a lot of buddy-buddy uh, talk. And that is it. You would have never, I mean, you would have never seen that. Wasn't, wasn't Lindsey Graham the person that Trump gave out his cell phone number on on stage during the campaign? I mean, like, they hated each other. I don't remember that happening. Oh, yeah. Trump was on stage and he gave out Graham's cell phone he doxed number. Lindsey Graham. <laughs> he Lindsey Graham. Wow. I think, I, I think it's interesting that, yeah, you would not have, ex- I didn't expect this out of him. It just no. came out of nowhere. And now, and he's still so fiery. You know, that's the first thing I noticed there. He's just so fiery. You know, yeah. Saying you know crap on the, you know, in front of the stage. Yeah. But I mean, and but he did reference that he didn't agree with uh, the president talking about Ford yes. at, at that yeah, rally. he did. And really, I mean, yeah, but I mean, the president shouldn't be the one that should be making those, you know, comments. You should see more fire from the Senate. GOP, of course, we're not going to see it from the left. But I, I think that if it's Lindsey Graham is the one that has to stand up. Where was everybody else? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. You know, I know, he's like the you know one thing about Lindsey Graham, and, and, which is he doesn't mind bucking. Obviously, like he doesn't mind bucking trends and, and going against the grain a little bit, which is you know admirable. Even though most of the time when he does that, I'm like, oh god, again with this. Um, but what's interesting about Graham is like he's he's connecting with people now, particularly conservatives, because he's actually willing to say the real thing. Mm-hmm. He's not acting uh, like she's she's a victim in this, right? Like. She may be a victim. We don't know. But we can't call her a victim yet. We can only call her accuser, as Glenn was referencing. And it's like, it it is that situation where you stand up and say, this is absurd. 
We all know it's absurd. We're acting as if it's logical, and it's not. And the fact that you can take that stand, I think, is making, really endearing him to conservatives. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. The, just the fact that he he, that he did kind of like go both ways, and that's what kind of irritated us before. I know he he did have friends on the left, and, and oh, yeah. at least cordial relationships. But I thought that was really interesting in in the testimony where he was like, "And these people," yeah. I think he actually said, "These people were they, they used to be they my used friends." To be my friends. I was like, "Dang." Yeah. I mean, I, mean yeah. I just think about the, the, the relationships, if there were any relationships, any cross-party relationships. Think about how many of them are burned now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like if, if I'm on the Senate and I've been working with these people, we've had a, even if I don't like them, if, we ha- if we've had a working relationship, I'm done with you. After this, I am done with you. Yeah, probably so. I mean, I have to imagine just in the age of Trump, and I don't mean it against Trump, but just where we've just become so polarized, I, I would have to imagine it would be hard to be friends with the other side of the aisle just because they say so many nasty things and generalize, uh, you know, Republicans the way that they do. I mean, it, you know, I'm sure I think it's more of those the frenemy situation yeah. where, you know, on the surface you're friendly with each other, but you're not going to invite them over for dinner with your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, and then, like, you know, bipartisanship to a large extent is overrated. It does not typically end well. What you get is a watered down thing for the, the thing that you actually believe in. This It's not like I really want to kill people and I really don't want to kill people. So let's meet in the middle and hurt people. <laughs> like, you know, it's not a it's not a uh, it's one of those weird things that is gets a lot of praise. But in the end, it's not really a good thing. The, the reason the parties exist is because these ideologies are supposed to mean something. Republicans are supposed to stand for smaller government. And, you know, uh, Democrats are supposed to stand for larger government. And, you know, meeting in the middle and just increasing it a little bit isn't a, really a win for anybody. Um, you saw this with the Flake and Coons thing, right? Like Flake, um, you know, and Coons, they, they all they agreed we're going to have this little bit of a week of extra investigation. And that's going to make us all feel good. And it did for like a day. And now everyone's saying that this big bipartisan thing was not successful and they didn't go far enough in the, in, in the FBI investigation. You know, you, what are the, what's the outcome here that's positive? It, you, you, it's hard to find. Yeah. Uh, so Lindsey Graham is getting booed on the stage for saying, giving his opinion. And meanwhile, um, I saw at UT or University of Texas in Austin... Not to be confused with Tennessee, the real UT, Mm -hmm. uh, University of Texas. There was a young conservatives group, and they had those exist at UT. (laughs) Shockingly, yes. (laughs) My brother goes there. Absolutely. But um, but take a look at how they're treated just because they support uh, Judge Kavanaugh. So they're tearing their sign up. Grabbing the sign back, tearing it up again. Well, no, all I do is hear your whining. Right? 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 We actually came out Maybe if you didn't make signs that were so thing, they wouldn't get through. There's a lot of level of people who have been You came out here. For what? We're bringing a sign. Oh. What is he going to write me a ticket for? And for what? 
But I'm telling you, you're right here. If you tell she's asking him. Please what, white man? White man, what what am I what am I gonna get in trouble for, white man? Please tell me, white man. And you've got the other girl saying, uh, you know, they said they're ripping up our signs, and she turned and said, well, maybe if your signs weren't so <laughs> offensive, that wouldn't be happening. I'm just glad we finally have come to the place that Martin Luther King was asking for, where <laughs> everyone is judged by the color of their skin and not the content of their skin. <laughs> that's incredibly I important. That's, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. I love that. I, you know, I, I, you know, I never, I, you know, I'm a pretty passionate guy when it comes to politics. We sit in here and talk every single day. There's never been a point in my entire life in which I would take any enjoyment of ripping up a sign about some liberal. Like, I, I, like, what, do you walk away with that thinking you've accomplished something that day? <laughs> like, if anything else, what, there's no way we would have covered this event if it were not for them ripping up the signs. This, that event was now seen by... A hundred thousand times as many people that would have seen it uh, on this network and many others because of their actions. They're promoting the cause they're supposedly fighting. It's just such a strange tactic. I was when I filled in for Pat on his radio show a couple weeks ago, and uh, Pat unleashed. And um, I was actually saying that things like this are making me second guess a decision to send my my daughter just about to go to college in mm-hmm. a couple years. And now I'm actually second guessing it. Because the, the more I work for this guy who owns this building, <laughs> the more I've researched into where this ideology comes from. And literally, it's, it's, it's a Marxist ideology. And it like spans you know, sociology, um, even geography, for crying out loud. It, 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 it spans subjects that you wouldn't think they could fit Marxism into. But right, they're fix, yeah. it's, I don't know how. It's, it's, it's crazy. But like, I, where do you think these kids got this from? Like, I remember when I was in college, I went to uh, ACU. It's a uh, uh, private Christian university in Abilene, Texas. And um, go Wildcats. And um, they, um, they, they were not political whatsoever. And we didn't give one flying crap about politics. Yeah. Nothing. I was even a political science major. And I still didn't really care to the extent that they are. Yeah. Like, it, all we cared about was going to parties mm-hmm. and playing sports. And chasing did women. You, but that was about you, it. I believe did Christian you, you did drink sure. beer at those parties, <gasps> Jason? Because we may have to open it. Were you aggressive? Did you throw ice? Yeah. Did you throw ice? Might have thrown ice. Okay. <laughs> That's a great point, though. I, I think. What do you think? That, well, yeah. Just to wrap that up, yeah. where do you think they're getting this from? This, this is this is a taught thing for people of their age. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is it is spur- They don't come out of high school this passionate about politics. Yeah. They are being taught this from their professors in college. Uh, I'm, you know, I, this is, it's, it's that, I think, and it's, it's also just penetrated the mainstream to the point of it is now our entertainment, right? Like, our entertainment is what happened with Kavanaugh last night. You know, what, what's the, what, what happened with the kids on the border? Are they still in cages? And we look at this as just where, I mean, I think you and I, for sure, uh, would, you know, and I saw, I've seen your picture at the, at the game. Uh, it was sports, right? Like, that's how I felt about sports. I would get up, I'd listen, look at the scores, I'd read the stats, I'd be passionate about it, I'd get in arguments with my friends about it. Like, we'd go out and we'd think about it all the time, we'd watch everything on TV. And, you know, that still exists, but, like, I think now it's become, it's penetrated so deep into just the everyday culture, and that is not healthy. Back in the day of uh, the 2000 election, um, before in the lead up to that, you know there were all those there, the, the the talk of the town when it came to politics, and that was right when I around where I start, when I started in talk radio was we got to get people out to vote, we got to rock the vote. How are we going to get people out to vote? No one cares. No one's paying attention. No one cares. These are big issues. Got to get people involved. That was a huge mistake. 
less people need to be involved. Yeah. The people yeah. who are involved don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. We need less people thinking about this and obsessing about it all the time. I mean, I, you know, my wife is is very um, peripheral when it comes to politics. She follows it. She knows that I talk about it. She listens to the show occasionally. She doesn't. It's not her life. She does not really care a, a lot as, when it comes to like really dissecting those issues. But like you know, last two nights ago, she's on the she's on texting back and forth with her friend who's a big time liberal, and they're just screaming at each other and making accusations and and you know, well, what about your kid? If this ever happened to your kid, how does what if your daughter dresses up like this? And it's like, why why has that become a thing? Yeah. There is no reason for people who are friends to scream at each other over politics like that, especially when you're not even following it closely enough to really care. Yeah, that that is something that gets me. But what? really concerns me about stuff like this is um, the anger. Like, that's that's yeah. obviously, you can't fake that kind of passion. Like, they yeah. are legitimately oh, yeah. that angry about someone standing at a booth and holding a sign that has a different opinion Amazing. than yours. Because, I mean, you saw my video that I did uh, on my Facebook page when I went to Oktoberfest, and there, there, had, there was a, the um, Democratic Party booth, and there was a Republican Party booth. The Republican Party booth, they had their stuff in their tent, but they weren't openly campaigning for anyone. The Democratic Party booth, there was a guy who was standing in the middle of the walkway where people were walking with a giant Beto sign that everyone had to walk past. And so I was like, it was very spur of the moment. I was like, I'm just going to engage in some respectful civil discourse. And it, it was it not with him very respectful the entire time, there was a, another volunteer for another campaign who came over and they kind of tried to start getting in my face and shouting me down. And I was like, we're just trying to have a respectful yeah. conversation. We're allowed to still do that. I mean, it's just like these people are so angry the, and I don't really see it coming from the right. I only see it coming from the left. The, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think there, we saw it a little bit, I think, during the presidential campaign. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you're right. I think it's much more on the left, especially here. I mean, it's a great microcosm of what it feels like to be in Texas right now, which is like the Beto people are all in your face and the Cruz people, we think they exist. Yeah, we think he's going to get some votes. I haven't seen any signs. Yeah. Uh, he's somehow still favored in the race, but, you know, that is what it feels like. But well, you think and it's and just because the pendulum has swung the way that it's yeah, swung? I think when you're out of power, you're angry, right? And well, But I also, I mean, Glenn did an awesome show on Monday about cultural Marxism. Mm -hmm. And really, anger is part of the strategy. Mm -hmm. um, if you think that, and this, these are the direct goals of that ideology, and these are, again, goes back to the college universities. Um, the people that are preaching this cultural Marxist ideology, their entire goal is to make people feel like they're under attack. So you're, you, their goal is to make you feel like you're oppressed. Women are oppressed. Minorities are oppressed. Um, uh, gay people are oppressed. You need to be liberated. You need to take back your, you know, you need to, you need to throw the chains off and take, take your freedom back. They're not even back. interested in listening to facts that do or don't back that up. They just take a statement at oh, of face course. value. But, but if you've been taught, if you've been indoctrinated that you are being attacked and you are being oppressed by these people... Anger is the only response. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that's how they've set it up by design. And, and I think like that's the top end of it, right? And then the, the bottom end are a bunch of people who are useful idiots, right? Like they don't necessarily know the philosophy. They don't know postmodernism. They don't necessarily I feel like know that's culture. probably the majority yeah, of it. Absolutely, and that's the, I think the way in every movement. Like I mean, we certainly saw this with conservatism. Like I thought everyone was like, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely about social or uh, smaller government." And then you see like they the, the vast majority of voters don't care about that at all. It's teams. Um, but what I what you find about those videos, and I think it's 
is interesting because it's not just the anger, it's not just the, the lack of self-control. It's that intersection of the lack of self-control and the lack of knowledge. Yeah. Like it's the, p- These people are saying things that they don't understand. They're blurting out nonsense that's easily disproved by anyone they would listen to. So they can't listen. They can't have a conversation with you at, at, you know, at a fair because if they do that, their entire logic system is going to be disrupted. So instead, yell, yell, yell. I don't, I, you, you know, identity politics, cultural Marxism, just throw accusations, say the word rapist and white man, and you can get away without having to deal with the, with the ineffectiveness of your own points. Yeah. Uh, I want to uh, end this on maybe a, a funny note. Ocasio-Cortez, she is really smart. Oh, I thought it was just you are just going to say her name. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's it. She's brilliant. Uh, She's brilliant. I will say this. She's very well prepared for the job that she has. Um, Because she, uh, now right now she doesn't have a job. She's going to have one here very shortly when she wins this election, which she surely will. Um, You know, she was uh, talking about what she's going to do when she gets into office. And she had some interesting thoughts on that. Watch. It is a responsibility not just to deliver, because it doesn't mean that you get everything tomorrow, as much as I would love that. I would love to get inaugurated January 3rd, January 4th, we're signing healthcare, we're signing this, we're decarcerating our society. But, but really, it is that we have a duty to always fight and maintain the strength of our values. Mm. Um, is that how it works? No, that's not how any of this works. Uh, you do not get inaugurated. Congress gets inaugurated. Yes, she will not be signing any bills. I mean, look, I kind of get what she's saying there. But it's... She I does, bet she's she, been practicing she, her signature, too, if she's going to be really disappointed that she right, doesn't right. sign bills. But it's like, it, it strikes me as a, as a sports announcer who doesn't know the sport. You know, she kind of, that's how she feels. Like, when you talk to, like, and no offense, of course, here, let me be a little sexist for a moment. <laughs> Occasionally, this has happened in my life, that I've dated people, uh, maybe married some of them, uh, that uh, don't necessarily have an interest in sports. Mm-hmm. And when they try to talk about sports, it's adorable, right? Like, it's just like, hey, you know, like, you, they don't get the, or even Glenn. Glenn talking about sports is even yeah. a better example. Like, he, you know, he's, he's seen a sport. Like, he's seen a ball go through a hoop before. I mean, like, it's not that he's that unfamiliar. And, She's seen Washington, D.C. She has an idea of what people do when they're voting, um, but, you know, it, she doesn't have the lingo down. It's not her first language. Yeah. She doesn't really know what this job's about. <laughs> Luckily, she's one of 535, and it's not going to make a difference, right? What's, what's yeah. amazing to me about her is I don't, I'm not fully convinced that she really believes everything she's talking about. She seems real passionate about everything. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but, but of course, I mean, it's, I, it's easy to be passionate when you're talking about welfare, whatever ideology you're talking about, yeah. when you're talking about the welfare of your, of your constituents. And I, I mean, there's, there's reports that, I mean, well, it's, it's a straight up fact that she wrote blog uh, entries when she was in college yeah. that were conservative. Yeah. That were conservative. But at, all of a sudden, at some point later, I don't know who got to her, but she was this radical leftist all of a sudden. But she doesn't know basic talking points. I know, and that's what's interesting, because I would think she would be well-versed, considering her education and stuff. She, would, she might be an idiot and think that the liberal things are great, but like she would at least know the liberal things. doesn't even seem to be that. It, maybe it's just opportunism. I mean, we see that all the time now. I mean, lots of people who, you know, uh, people go with the flow. Put it that way, you know. And people who say things that they would have disagreed with just a couple of years ago all the time. I mean, it's very common these days. So, well, the Casa Cortez is not just politics. It's like the things that she got degrees in. 
Economics. Yeah. Seems yeah. to know nothing about economics. <laughs> Foreign relations. This is not a commercial yeah. for her college. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. College I is like, say, good oh, God, yeah. not yeah, her. Please, just shut up. The amount of money that must have been spent, <laughs> and we're left with this. Uh, all right. Don't forget to submit your questions or comments using the hashtag TheBlazeWhy. We've got a couple today. First one, uh, Stu, I'm going to have you answer this. Celt Girl wants to know, with the census just around the corner and the exodus of California and other leftist states, do you think that there might be a change in the number of representatives and thereby a change in the Electoral College? You know, I, I haven't looked at it enough uh, yet. Uh, you know, the, the, the California thing, there are a lot of people leaving California. However, there's a lot of new people going into going California, in. too. So I, I don't yeah. think, yeah. I mean, many of them are illegal, but there's, you know, a lot of people get born there, too. Like, there is a, uh, you know, I think you may see some minor changes, but I, I think, I don't think California is going to get hit hard. The, the idea that people are leaving California to, for Texas is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. It's just that you're right. I mean, there's a lot of illegal immigrants that are replacing them. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's not going to make a difference, I think, on that scale. The red areas in, in California, because I used to live there for a while, um, are, I think, are going to be GOP bastions for a while. Yeah. So, like, areas like, uh, like in some areas in Orange County, mm-hmm. like right on, the, right on the beach, like Laguna, Laguna Niguel, Newport Beach, places like that, are very, very staunch Republicans. It's a lot of business owners down there. I don't see those things flipping. I don't even see them leaving because they don't have to because they have the money to stay there. Other red areas like in Northern California, the farmers, those those farmers have been in farms have been in their families for years. They're not leaving. It's the places like in Sacramento, places in San Francisco where they can't afford to live there. Those are the people that are leaving. I have more I have more worry that it's going to flip places like Texas in certain areas. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Andrew wants to know what happened with the hacker and Zuckerberg's Facebook. Page. Oh my gosh, so anticlimactic. <laughs> so he, uh, it was really bizarre, actually. So I was there waiting, but then he came on and he said that it was supposed to go down at 5 a.m. on Sunday. But he came on and said, did another post. It was real long winded and kind of crazy. Maybe it was just my translator on Facebook. But um, he was basically saying that I didn't mean for this to be such a big deal. He didn't think that so many eyes were going to get on it. I think he got scared yeah. that he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I only expected this to be uh, for Taiwan, not the rest of the world. I was like, what? what? Is there a Facebook That's Taiwan not, yeah. only? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, if you promise to delete Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook page, the entire world is going to be watching at 5 a.m. on Sunday. It's like yeah. we used to be this. Like anonymous every two days. Used to like release those videos and they'd be like, oh, we are shutting down the banking system at 4 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing would happen yeah. every time. Like, you know. uh, so nothing burger there. Yep. All right. Today's poll. I already know. I Well, I I know the answer to this. Mm -hmm. I already know it, but we're asking it anyway. Mm -hmm. Does the Trump tax evasion story change your opinion of his character? (laughs) Let us know. I mean, I read the entire thing, and most people did not. Um, Even, I mean, and it's like, you know, it's not like, oh, here's another another hit job. They spent way too much time on it. Yeah. Uh, But uh, you know, again, like it's a, it's just, it really is uh, taught you nothing new. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.